Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brent McGrath. It is Friday when this drops, and you know what that means. I am bringing on a collector that is doing something really cool in the hobby. I got my man at Sasha P Cards. He is collecting a top 75 NBA players rookie auto set. All 75 players caught my attention on Instagram, wanted to dig in and talk about the origin story behind it and just learn a little bit more about his process. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit the subscribe, follow all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's go. What is up? Welcome back to the show. Excited about uh, this conversation. Um, I've been following this account, this page, and saw that he was doing something pretty cool. Um, connected with him kind of pre-national live schedules. Everybody's busy, but glad we can have him on the show. So I'm joined by Sasha. You might know him at Sasha P Cards on Instagram. The conversation that we're going to be having today is starting a collecting project with inevitable obstacles to overcome along the way. He is building out a top 75 signed top at 75 NBA players of all time signed rookie card project. And he is almost done with it. So we're going to be digging in, talking about his process. And I'm sure there's some great stories with that, but without further ado, Sasha, welcome. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me on Brett. Really excited to have this conversation with you. Before we dive into maybe the top 75 set, I'd love to maybe I saw, I was looking at your Instagram account and you were like doing a recap on I think Robert Edwards auctions, vintage stuff. And I think vintage has become like, I don't know, in a way popular over the last several months. Like I'm seeing more and more about that. And it seems like that's the lane you are primarily operating in. Maybe just like as a kind of a vintage collector, like what have, what's like the bird's eye view? Like what have you been seeing over the last, you know, six to 12 months when it comes to anything vintage? I think everyone's been talking about lately, like vintage has been, pretty strong in this market relative to all the modern cards, right? Focus among market participants has been shifting more towards like the vintage, the low print runs, um, good eye appeal. So I think there's just definitely a lot more attention on vintage. You're seeing a lot stronger sales across the board. Um, And I think it's becoming harder to find those deals. Sometimes there's so many vintage cards, so many vintage auction platforms that you'll see some cards fly under the radar and you're just not seeing much of that anymore as people are kind of looking to buy out more and more vintage over the past few months. Have have you found just it being more competitive for you and especially this pursuit of the top 75 signed uh, rookie card set? Have you felt like there's more competition on specific pieces that you are trying to amass to build this thing out more recently? Absolutely. Um, there's definitely been a lot more eyes on this stuff, a lot more competition. Um, Definitely a lot more bidders. And I mean, it's been nice to connect with some of the people in the community, but uh, oftentimes I'm always like connecting with someone. They're like, hey, I'm bidding on this. Don't bid on it. Or So it, there's definitely been uh, bidding wars um, more often lately. <laughs> so, so let's jump into it. Um, 
and I think you and I were trading messages before this, but I think a good place to start is maybe like uh, defining what a completed top 75 autograph rookie set is. I would imagine everybody probably has differing ver- uh, definitions of like what this means. Um, but I'd love for you to like, just out of the gates, like, how are you thinking about this? What are the parameters you're putting around um, this chase? Definitely. So I guess to provide some context to, to the listeners, um, this past fall, about almost a year ago, the NBA had announced their top 75 kind of greatest basketball players of all time list uh, in honor of the 75th NBA anniversary. Um, this kind of followed um, kind of the tradition where they had on previously honored the top 50 in 1996 and lesser known, they also had top 35 and top 25 many years ago. So the set really began, I think, with the top 50 in 1996. When I first got into collecting in the early 2000s, there were a lot of collectors who wanted to get a top autograph, an autograph of all 50 greatest NBA players. And some collectors took that a step further and wanted to get a signed rookie of all top 50 players. So at the time, the youngest player um, or the most modern rookie in, in, the, in the top 50 was Shaquille O'Neal. So he had a, a rookie in 1992, um, upper deck. So even the youngest player at the time didn't have any kind of rookie autographs in pack. So to most collectors, it's pretty obvious that you have to go get the rookie signed by the players after the after the fact, right? So these would be signed in-person cards. Um, Fast forward to the new kind of top 75, they kept the top 50 original intact and they added 25 new players kind of ranging from obviously LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, some of the top 25 of the past couple of decades. Now the most young, the youngest player in that new kind of 25 was Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has rookies in 2013, Panini products. And so with kind of the addition of new modern players, a lot of them do have pack pulled rookie autographs. So some collectors kind of decided to just pursue and pick up kind of their iconic rookie autographs. For me, it was really maintaining consistency across the set. So I decided to kind of take the harder route and say, I still want the iconic rookie, but I still want the in-person on-card autograph from all these players. For me, it was very important for kind of the car to be held by the player, to have an on-card autograph, to know it's real. Lately, with all this prevalence of sticker autographs, all the kind of autograph scandals with auto pens and players not signing their cards, it just seemed like kind of important for consistency across the set to make sure that the player signed the card on card um, after the card was kind of pulled. So kind of up to debate for collectors, but to me, that's kind of the real definition. You need all 75 iconic rookies signed by the player in person um, after the pack was after the card was pulled from the pack. I can certainly recall, and I'm sure a lot of people out there listening had a similar feeling. I remember the top 50 when that came out and it was just such a big deal being not only just a collector, but an NBA fan. And then when the top 75 was coming out, it was like, did 25 years just pass that quickly? <laughs> like, so, and, and I just remember the ceremony and everything else. And I honestly had to go on YouTube and watch it at the time during 75, just be like, wow, this really did happen. We just maybe bef- separate from the cards, but talking about the list, like the, the, the set, the top 75 were like, you pretty good on like this top 75 list is about how it should be or 
was there any gl- uh, glaring omissions on your end just as a fan of basketball? Yeah, obviously, in, in anticipation of the list coming out, I was trying to pursue some of the signed rookies before the list came out. So <laughs> I was kind of had my own top 75. Now, some of them worked out um, better than others. I think the list was pretty good. Um, I maybe kind of disagree with maybe a few. Um, but for the most part, I think they had it pretty spot on. Were you building this out? Like, have you been building this out since like 50? Um, or was it there, the top 75 is coming out. I'm going to start fresh. Like how, what's the duration of this has of this project for you? I think it's been on and off, but it really started with my first acquisition was, um, kind of what really kicked it all off was when I met Bill Russell as a kid and I got one of his rookie cards signed. That was kind of the grail for me at the time. For those that recall, actually, um, so my peak in collecting was back in 07, 08. And the, the Topps basketball product that came out back then was kind of highlighted Greg Oden and Bill Russell. And those were kind of the two iconic players in the set at the time before we all found out that Greg Oden was going to be a bust. But um, nevertheless, one of the key cards in that set was a buyback Bill Russell rookie signed. And when I saw that card on the kind of the product specs, I knew I had to have it. And it was one of those things where I didn't think I could ever pull it. I'd never see it on eBay. I never had a chance to actually get the card that was in the product. So I kind of set out to just get my own. So I acquired a Bill Russell rookie. And at the time, so I'm from the Boston area. He signed occasionally at shows. So was lucky to get one signed. And once I had that, it kind of made the rest of the chase seem a little easier because it, if I had Bill Russell, you know, that's definitely one of the greatest players of all time and one of the hardest sign rookies to acquire. Um, so that kind of started the project 10, 15 years ago at this point. And I've been definitely collect, working on it on and off ever since. Uh, so I think when I, I look at something like this and I love projects like this, to me, it seems like uh, the mindset is like, oh, I, I want to build this. I want to complete this as soon as possible. But with something this kind of rare, scarce, and sophisticated, that's not likely the case. I'd imagine like cost plays a role in this. Like maybe talk about the these cards popping up. Like have you over the this cor- course of you know 10, 15 years, have you had to like say no, I'm not going to pursue this because you think it's too high. Talk about maybe like your evaluation of like the the market ebbs and flows and you deciding like what you're going to pick up or just let go and you maybe get it next time around. Absolutely. I think that's been a big kind of learning curve in this chase. Um, originally, right. Like everyone else, you just want to set out, you want to just buy every single one you see. I would, this all started, I was a set builder to begin with and I had completed much simpler sets. And at that time it was just when they pop up, you buy them and you slowly work your way through the set. So that's kind of the approach I had originally taken with this, but I realized that quickly wasn't going to work. Um, so I had to, for me, it was really about finding out the, the data of like the underlying cards and figuring out, well, which one of these are really rare? How often am I going to actually see these come to the marketplace? Some of the lesser known players may have passed away early and their assigned rookies are just incredibly rare and you don't see them often. And they're so, they're, they might not even be household names, like a 1961 Fleer Hal Greer rookie. Most people don't even know who that is, yet he won a championship alongside Will Chamberlain and one was, was one of the best players in that era. 
and it's a pop seven. And oftentimes it's not even something that people would put in their showcase or highlight. You're not going to see that card on Instagram. So when you, so when you learn that some of these are very rare and you see them come up, that's when you really have to chase after them. So one card that kind of has evaded me, unfortunately, is like the signed Michael Jordan Fleer rookie. Um, but at the same time, there's over 60 of those in the pop and they come to market almost monthly. And I know a lot of people have them for sale. So I'd rather use those funds to acquire some of the rarer ones right now rather than take the acquire the Michael Jordan now and then work on the rest later. Just because I know that card is it is more common than the others and I can get attain it more easily. When you're this deep in, especially an autograph set, what sort of things have you heard maybe in opposition? I would imagine there's maybe some naysayers that are saying like, well, you shouldn't get these cards signed or maybe, maybe there are other people that are saying like collect this way. And so you, uh, you gravitate to those individuals because they're kind of like-minded, but like, what have you like, I would imagine there's been a lot of different feedback, maybe some positive, maybe some negative, like maybe talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I think the set I've found is, has been very controversial, actually. I've had a lot of pushback. I've had a lot of long-term collectors come to me and say, why would you ever get those cards signed? You're <laughs> defacing the card. You're ruining the card. That's not how it came out of the pack. That's not what you should be doing to the card. And I just find it funny because it's like, the whole point of collecting is collect what you like, collect what you enjoy. It's supposed to bring you closer to the game. So what could bring you a collector closer to the game than a player held rookie signed by that player? And most of these players don't have rookie autographs or autographs from their playing days or autographs on cards from their playing days. So how else are you supposed to do that? So to me, I've gotten a lot of pushback, but I think there's, there's been a lot of education. I think the hobby has become more fond of these cards as the kind of the PSA DNA pop report, which is a completely separate pop report that a lot of people don't even know about has been kind of built out by PSA. I think it's, it's become more possible for collectors to chase after cards like these. And I think the hobby is beginning to kind of appreciate them. No, I, I think, you know, whether you like it or not, something that's this big of an undertaking, like you have to appreciate what the collector is Absolutely. doing. How, how is this project brought you closer to the game of basketball? Like is that I would imagine you probably like your historical knowledge of the game and the players that have, you know, built it to what it is today is probably gone up. Uh, but maybe talk a little bit just about your connection and maybe just connection with specific players along the way. Absolutely. Um, so as I mentioned before, I grew up in Boston. So for me growing up back then, this was before the Celtics had won kind of their championship in the two thousands. I always kind of gravitated to the legacy of kind of the Boston Celtics and the players that created the great Boston Celtics legacy and essentially which built the foundation for the NBA for what it is today. So I always gravitated to those, the legends, the, the players that have all these records, some of which will never be broken and the, the guys that built the foundation for the game, what it is today. So um, I've, I've always appreciated kind of the past and those players. Um, and absolutely, I always, I find it fascinating reading their stats, kind of remembering these players and watching highlights. Um, so I definitely feel very close and knowledgeable about some of their careers. Um, more so, I mean, the chase has allowed me to be, to get very close to some of these players and acquiring their autographs. Um, obviously I've, I've met many players on this list from 
Bill Russell, to Robert Parrish, to Julius Irving, to Larry Bird, to Magic Johnson. And it's just amazing to see these players talk with, talking with them, seeing their reaction when they see the rookie card, um, their rookie card, and when they're signing it. And just having that interaction with the player, I think, is so special. Well, how did, uh, what was going on, uh, I guess, where were you and kind of what was going on in your head when the, um, the Bill Russell's, uh, passing news came out, what just, yeah. What was going on with you when you heard? And so the news actually came out on Sunday, the last day of the national this year. Um, so I had actually just come back from the national, uh, that Saturday night and waking up to the news the next morning was pretty devastated, right? Just having, it was actually my first national show I'd ever been to the excitement around it. I had actually acquired a Bill Russell card there, met a lot of people. So I had an amazing time there and to come back the next day and finding that one of like your all time heroes had passed away um, was definitely kind of um, crushing in the moment, but obviously it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate, but it eventually happens to everyone. And um, it's amazing to see kind of his legacy live on now with them retiring his Jersey number NBA wide. I would imagine just uh, you being a big Bill Russell fan, you've probably uh, have been in connection with a lot of other Russell collectors over the years and probably the people you DM with have, has this um, kind of building out the, and learning about all these players chasing these cards, has it got you closer to any other maybe player collectors along the way? I mean, just maybe talk about just like the community and how big the community has been for you in, in this project? Absolutely. I think the community has been a huge part of the uh, project. Um, I mean, vintage basketball, there's not many years of it, m- much less than some of the other major sports, right? You have 48 Bowman, 57 tops, 61 Fleer, then you have 69 tops. And those are really only the only four iconic sets pre-1970. Um, so uh, there's not many uh, collectors that collect vintage basketball. I think that's growing. I've, con- I've connected with lots of collectors that kind of maybe were always fe- interested in vintage baseball. And now they're kind of making that bridge into vintage basketball now and helping collectors pursue some of these iconic rookies. Um, and I mean, for me, it's, it's been a, the community has been a huge part, right? I, I, some of these cards are so rare and they're buried in collectors collections. Um, most of these collectors have were meeting players a long time ago, or they were doing like TTM autographs or, they were hosting their signings for these players many decades ago. And a lot of these people are, are not on Instagram and they're setting up at old shows and they're much more old school. So it, the community has been a massive help in finding some of these cards. And th- these, these are just cards that you, you're not going to find on eBay or auction houses necessarily. Rarely are ever going to see any on Instagram and having kind of collectors reach out to me on weekends when they're at shows being like, Hey, I, I found this card, like take a photo of it sending me, is this something you'd be interested in? Do you need this for the set? And that's been a, a massive help. So I'm going to get into that. Cause I'd imagine there's probably some pretty cool ones. Like what are some of your favorite stories of acquisitions uh, to build out this set along the way? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. Um, I guess one just given on the topic of community, I've, I've been kind of working closely and talking with uh, breakout cards, uh, Ryan, Steven on their channel, you know, they, they really have a passion for vintage as well. So they've kind of been on the, with the abundance of shows that they travel to, they've been able to kind of be on the lookout for me for some of these cards. And I, I haven't been as fortunate to go as many shows as I'd like to. So um, actually the 2020 national, um, they were able to find 
that Steph Curry signed Tom's rookie for me, um, which at the time was much rarer than it is now, but uh, it was one that I needed and they were uh, able to help me acquire it. At the, they were at the national and I wasn't there. So that, that was definitely a, a big help. Where do you stand today with this uh, project? Like how deep are you? Um, how many cards do you have left? Is there an end in sight? Yeah. So I guess technically the top 75, they did, they didn't make it 76 players <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but since the bird magic rookie is on one card in 1980, it is actually still a 75 card set even though it features 76 kind of players. Um, so all of the 75 cards, I actually have 69 of them. So I need six more. Yeah, the last six that I need are, there's two modern players and four vintage players. Um, so the four vintage are, I, need a, I still need a signed 1948 Bowman um, George Mikan rookie. It's pop eight, very hard to find and pretty expensive one as well. <laughs> The second one would be uh, 1957 Tops Paul Arizon, also Pop 8, a name that many are not familiar with. Also, and one of the greats of the game. Also need a Pistol P. Maravich, signed 1970 Tops rookie. Uh, the big one, of course, will be the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan, which is probably the most common of the last six I need. It's more of just finding the right one and pulling the trigger. Um, and then the last two, ironically, which... Might be the rarest, but um, at least these players are still alive. A 2003 top signed Carmelo Anthony rookie. There's only one in the pop, so this isn't this is not a tops pack pulled autograph. It's his iconic top 03 tops rookie signed by Carmelo Anthony. And then the last one is a 2012 Prism Kawhi Leonard signed rookie, which is a pop zero. So. I have to get a little creative with these. Um, I think I'll probably be attending quite a few NBA games this year and trying to chase down some of these guys and getting their cards signed. I would imagine, and I don't know, because I'm not a big auto collector, but I'm not, especially in person, but I would imagine Kawhi's not much of a signer. I would imagine he's kind of ducking off, avoiding people at all costs. Yeah, uh, it'll definitely be a hard one, but... uh... I hope uh, I've got some strategies I might use to try to get him out of game or uh, I have some friends that do like autographs at stadiums and they've passed along some tips and tricks. So um, I'll have to get creative with that one. Um, I have seen one in the wild. So I saw someone on YouTube posted some kind of card show vlog and I saw one of them in a Beckett slab at some show and unfortunately was not able to track it down. So if any listeners have any leads on any of those six, uh, definitely please reach out. That'll be hard to uh, acquire for sure. Let's say, uh, hopefully, since we've got a community of people listening, hopefully someone has some information about some one of these cards and slides into your DMs afterwards. Well, when you, like maybe previously, when like, what's it? It's gotta be like Christmas when someone's like, hey, I found this card. I know you need it. At this point, is it like, is there a negotiation on your, like, how do you process that? Because I would imagine like, you just want to complete this thing at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's kind of Christmas and heartbreak all at once when you find one, actually, because often when you find one, it also comes with a price, a hefty price tag, unfortunately. And oftentimes these, the collectors that own these cards, it's, it's more than about the money for them. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they, they want something in return that'll help their collection. And so it's, it's been interesting that 
money doesn't speak to a lot of these people. Um, you can you can offer five times the last comp, ten times the last comp, and it just doesn't do anything for them because they're like it, it's a, for them it'll be a hole in their collection and they want something else that would fit in their collection. So it's it's been interesting because some of the most interesting deals have been hey like. I know you need this, but I'm looking for this card on my wish list. If you can help me with that, I'll find a way to part with this for you. So th this journey hasn't really been about just finding these cards, but it's led me down a path of finding cards for other people to obtain some of these, which has been very interesting. Yeah, it's it's been it's made the journey much more exciting. Uh, that's certainly dedication, if I've ever heard it. Um, but it isn't like you mentioned. You said it's heartbreak, which I imagine it's been heartbreaking at times, but isn't it somewhat refreshing that like money isn't such a big piece of this and you're like dealing with other people like you who you can relate with like a void being there being a void in your collection and letting go of something that's got to be a breath of fresh air based on what we constantly see on IG or here just in like mainstream hobby conversations. Absolutely. I think these collectors are really collectors at heart. Right. There's no flippers in this area. You're not going to find people trying to offer you 80% of last comp on some of these signed rookies, right? Like these are passionate collectors who love what they do, love what they collect. And it, it, it is refreshing, right? It gives me confidence in what I'm collecting kind of has long-term growth and stability. Yeah. It, it's um, just giving me confidence in everything that I'm doing. So with uh, maybe like rounding this out, what has this run in this chase done for you just overall as as a collector like I, i'm sure you've had to navigate a lot of different situations but um when you close the chapter on this like what what will you say it's done for you just as a collector i think it's really given me an opportunity to explore every avenue of collecting um everything from like right i this started with through the mail autographs right at, at one point i was researching players, writing them a letter, putting cards in an envelope and sending it to these players and just being patient and waiting weeks on end, hoping I'd get the card uh, back signed, right? Um, other than uh, when signings became more popular, I'd find myself subscribing to all sorts of signings and promoter websites, right? And having to fly out sometimes across the country to go find a player at a signing. Maybe they're opening up a store and um, some, like some, some new business they're opening up, right? And they're going to be there at the grand opening. You know, if you go there and you bring a rookie card, they'll, they'll probably be more than happy to sign it if you kind of support their new business. I mean, it just all, and then the community, the community has been amazing. Meeting fellow collectors, meeting fellow vintage collectors, autograph collectors, kind of showing appreciation for the all-time greats of the game has just been amazing. And I think just touching every kind of location of, of, of the hobby, like, I've I found cards uh, halfway around the world. I found a signed Re Reggie Miller rookie in Japan. And surprisingly, that's a very rare card. And he doesn't sign his rookie often. I think it's like a pop 15 maybe. And I couldn't find one, but I found one halfway around the world in Asia. So you never know where you're going to find these things, right? Just it's given me patience. It, it's given allowed me to explore every avenue of collecting, like I said, and um, it really also shows that not, nothing's ever impossible. Like if you just put your time and effort into it, um, slowly kind of chip away at things, it is possible. Um, I'm also at a point now of being at six cards away and having very little progress and maybe months with, without acquiring a new one. It's, it's gotten very slow and 
frustrating at times, but, um, you know, the, the cards are out there, they exist. So I, I know if I just keep working hard at it and they'll, they'll pop up eventually and I'll get this thing completed one day. I love the pace, uh, Reggie shout out as a Pacers fan. When I, that was when the list came out, I was like, please let me see Reggie Miller. Please let me see Reggie Miller. And when I saw his name, it was like this moment of like solitude being like, Oh, thank you. Like, I'm glad he made the list. Um, yeah. maybe, definitely let, one of the more controversial ones, but I mean, oh, to, you, can't, to, you, you can't keep them off. <laughs> to, totally. Totally. Uh, but let's, let's end it right here. Um, this has uh, been a fun conversation. Maybe like leave, the audience was something like I imagine, which I feel like there's a revitalization, maybe not of something of this significance, but there just seems to be this like revitalization around collectors that are have projects and are building and are doing cool stuff and they're sharing them on Instagram. And I love that. Like, I don't care what they're collecting, but just someone who's pursuing something. Um, it just, I have an appreciation for that. So giving advice to others who set out maybe not an, a journey of this significance, but just collecting projects. Like what advice do you have as you're currently undertaking, probably uh, you're undertaking a behemoth now and you've probably learned a lot and have some uh, wise words for the audience. Yeah. I, I mean, there, I've learned a lot. I think one of the biggest things is like take the time and do the research to understand the data. Um, I think there's so many good data platforms out there in the card community that it's important to understand, well, what are the pops on these? Look at the different pop reports. What are the last sales? Um, without understanding the data, it doesn't give you, it doesn't make it efficient for you to navigate the landscape, right? So kind of what I'd leave the listeners with is like, be open-minded, be patient and be nimble, but you can't do those three things if you don't understand the data of what you're working with. Right. So I might wait six months for a card to pop up, but I know other collectors are going to go crazy over it too. So I might only have two hours to act. So I don't know that unless I've taken the time to do the proper research into what, what I'm collecting or what I'm pursuing. So take the time, do the research because when the cards are actually come to market, you got to be fast to act. Just know kind of everything that you're collecting inside and out. I mean, that's part of the passion, right? If, if you really enjoy what you're doing, if you really love what you collect, you'll want to know everything about it. I can, I can list pop counts off the top of my head for any of these cards because I've looked at them every day for months on end, for years on end. Now. I, can, I know where most of them are located. So the depth of knowledge really comes with kind of pursuing something for an extended period of time. You can find him on Instagram at Sasha P cards, help this man out. If you know anything about any of these cards, let him know. Sasha, this was awesome, man. Appreciate you sharing your story about your awesome collecting pursuit. Appreciate the time. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me on, Brett. Talk to you soon. You got to enjoy a conversation like that. Talk about a collecting project. I want to thank Sasha for coming on talking about that hopefully you enjoyed that one take care of yourself take care of others around you we'll be back more stacking slabs podcast on the other side always peace out